In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, today actually is, is the fifth Sunday of the Coptic month, Tut. Usually any, Sunday, any month has four Sundays. But when there is a fifth Sunday, we consider it is a blessing because we have an extra Sunday. And usually in the year, we have three times we have fifth, fifth Sunday. Because the readings in the 12 months of the Coptic year, we have 48 uh, Gospels, 48 Sundays for the 12 Coptic month. And there is one Sunday falls in uh, the little months in Nasi. So we have 49 Sundays. And you know the year is 52 weeks. So then there will be three, five Sundays every year. And in order for the church to eliminate the repetition in the readings of the five Sunday, so usually the church want a reading from uh, the miracle of feeding the multitude. Because as I told you, fifth Sunday is considered a blessing, an extra Sunday, and feeding the multitude from the five loaves and two fish, there is a blessing also. And there are, actually this miracle was mentioned in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Maybe that is the only miracle that was mentioned in the four Gospels. But the church actually, in the first six months of the Coptic year, we choose the reading from John, the Gospel of John. And this is the reading of the second Sunday of Amshir. In the second half of the year, second six months, we choose reading, there is a reading called the fifth Sunday, so we read the fifth Sunday. Besides, there are different rules, and I don't want you to confuse with it. For example, let me give you an example. Uh, if Tut, the first uh, month of the Coptic year, start on Sunday, Tut first will be Sunday. So actually, we'll have five Sunday. First, eight, uh, 15, 22, and 29. So in order to avoid the repetition of the fifth Sunday, so on the first day of the Coptic year, we read the reading of Tut first, then we shift the four Sundays to the other four Sundays. So there are some rules, those who know the rituals of the church, they know it very well, uh, how to apply the fifth Sunday in order to avoid repetition. But the principle here, with the fifth Sunday, we actually uh, reflect on the blessing and we take the miracle of feeding the multitude as uh, the reading to teach us about uh, the blessing. The word bless has two different meanings. For example, when we say we bless you, O Lord, or when we say, God bless us. So, when the word bless comes from us to God, 
has a different meaning when, than when we say God bless us. When we say we bless the Lord means we praise the Lord. And the word ismu can mean praise or bless. So when we say ismu means bless or praise the Lord from the heaven. So when we say we bless you, O Lord, definitely doesn't mean we give God blessing. Definitely not. Because blessing comes from greater to lesser. But bless from lesser to greater means we praise, we praise you. But when it comes from God to us, from greater to lesser, the blessing means uh, to give him peace, joy, uh, earthly blessing, heavenly blessing. That's the meaning of blessing. So I don't want you to be confused when we use the word bless to God or when we say God blesses. And as I said, the word blessing in the Old Testament has a very, very specific meaning in the Old Testament. Do you remember when Jacob took the blessing instead of his brother, Isu? And after Isu went to his father and said to Isaac, do you have only one blessing? Yes, in the Old Testament there was only one blessing. This blessing means from your offspring, the Messiah will come. So when Isaac blessed Jacob, actually he gave him this blessing that from his seed, from his offspring, the Messiah would come. So when Isu came and asked for the same blessing, he couldn't. He couldn't give him the same blessing because he already gave it to Jacob. So in the Old Testament, the word the blessing has this meaning. When the Lord said to Abraham, I will bless you and make you a blessing, means God will bless Abraham from his seed will come uh, Jesus Christ. And Abraham himself became a source of blessing to all of us. Some people are blessed by God, but some people like Abraham, they are not only blessed by God, but they are also source of blessing to others. For example, if you meet a godly person and after you meet with him, you say, we received a blessing. We feel that we are blessed just meeting with this person, listening to him, praying for you, you feel that you received a blessing. So, not only actually we as Christians should be blessed, but also we as Christians should be a blessing to the whole world. And this is the meaning when the Lord said, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt preserve. Uh, things from being uh, rotten. It's a, it's a preservative. So the Christian in the world, they preserve the world from corruption. And by preserving the world from corruption, they are a blessing to the world. 
So a true believer not only will be blessed from God, but also will be a source of blessing to others and to the whole world. Uh, and we can see this in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. God said to Abraham, if I find 10 persons in this city, I will not destroy it. So having 10 cities, sorry, 10 persons in this wicked city can preserve the city from destruction. And in this way, these 10 persons would be a blessing to the city. As I said, there are heavenly blessings and earthly blessings. Heavenly blessings mean blessings that come from heaven, like peace, like joy. Uh, so these are heavenly blessings. There are also earthly blessings, like God provides goodness to us while we are on earth, or deliverance from problems and hardships. Or God, you, God give you grace in the eyes of others. So wherever you go, you will be actually accepted and loved. Like the Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph, wherever he went, he was actually a source of blessing. We read God blessed the house of Potiphar because of Joseph. But also God granted Joseph grace in the eyes of everyone. He granted him grace in the eyes of Futifar until his wife made this conspiracy against him. When he went to the prison, God gave him grace in the eyes of the prison keeper. God gave him grace in the eyes of Pharaoh. So wherever he went, God gave him grace. And this also a blessing from God. If we looked at this miracle of feeding the multitude from five loaves and two fish. And we asked ourselves why there was a blessing in this miracle. We'll find some reasons. And if we apply these reasons, we will be blessed in our life. The first reason is the presence of God. Can you imagine if you have this great multitude, 5,000 men other than women and children, and if we assume that every man has wife and two children, definitely at that time they have 10 children, 12, many. But let me assume just a wife and two children. Then we are speaking at least about 20,000 persons. 20,000 persons. So if these 20,000 persons were there, and they have the five loaves and two fish, but Christ was not there, do you think they will be able to eat and be filled? Definitely not. So the presence of God actually is a source of blessing. When you have God in your life, when you start your day by prayer, when actually you have God with you in every step in your life, you will be blessed. When you have God with you in your school, in your work, even in your fun time or entertainment, in your family, in your house. The presence of God is a source of blessing. We're speaking about Joseph. It was written about Joseph, and the Lord was with Joseph. That's why he was successful and prosperous 
in everything he does. So the presence of God with Joseph was the source of blessing. Number two, prayer. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he took the five loaves and two fish, he looked at heaven and prayed. Prayer actually, because prayer invited God to be with us. As I told you, the presence of God is a source of blessing. But how we invite God, God will not force himself on us. But when we pray, we ask him to bless us, then God will bless us. So in the beginning of the day, when you ask God to bless your day, in the beginning of your work, ask God to bless your work. Beginning of your study, ask God to bless your study. Uh, if you are taking exam or interview, just make the sign of the cross and lift your heart even in a short prayer before God. This will give you grace. This will give you blessing. One of the beautiful stories in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah went to the king uh, and he asked him to uh, go to Jerusalem to build the walls of Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple, etc. So uh, it's written, Nehemiah, when he stood about the, uh, before the king, so the king, he told him, what do, you, what do you want? So Nehemiah said, I lifted my heart to the Lord and prayed and I answered the king. So this was a very short prayer between just the question and the answer. But he lifted his heart to God and prayed. So if you have interview, if somebody is asking you a question, just lift your heart in a very short prayer to the Lord and ask God to bless you and to be with you. Then actually your answer will be full of grace. Prayer. Also, in order to be blessed, you need to do your part. God doesn't encourage laziness. If this lamb did not give the five loaves and two fish, God would not actually feed the multitude. Not because he was not able, but because God wants us to do our part. Our part, regardless how small it is, but we have to do it faithfully and honestly. For example, in raising Lazarus, God told him, told them, remove the stone. Definitely, by one word, God was able to remove the stone. In his resurrection, Archangel Michael came and, and moved the stone. But here is the rule. Whatever you can do, God will never do it for you. Whatever you cannot do, God will do it for you. Again, whatever you can do, God will never do it for you. That's your part. That's your responsibility. But whatever you cannot do, God will do it for you. Peter, he can actually go to the depths and cast the net for a catch. That he can do. God will not do it for him. But Peter cannot actually get the plenty of fish inside the net. God did it for him. They can offer the five loaves and two fish. Then God can bless the five loaves and two fish. 
So you need to do your part. If you want to be blessed, you need to do your part faithfully and honestly. Also, this miracle is a beautiful example in the teamwork. Can you imagine if we have 20,000 persons, for example, taking communion? How long we will take? Because sometimes we don't, uh, we don't know how to work together as a team. But here the Lord gives the multitude, uh, gives the disciples, and the disciples distributed to the multitude. And I am sure each group of 50, there was a leader to them. So one of the disciples was able to give to the leader and the leader distributed to the 50 person. Teamwork with no conflict, with no fight, with no division. Many times, uh, Teamwork uh, fails because we are too opinionated, too prideful. We cannot work with anybody. As sometimes they say, the best uh, committee is a committee composed of two persons. One of them is always absent. Because we don't know how to work together. But when we work together, the Bible says two are better than one. Two are better than one. Actually, the productivity of two working together is more than the sum of the productivity of each one. You understand this? Let me repeat it again. That's what we call synergy. For example, if I can, my productivity is that much. And the productivity of another person is that much. So if we, if we say this plus this will be that much. But if we work together, then working together there is synergy, so our productivity will be greater. And this is the blessing of the teamwork when we work together. But teamwork needs love and humbleness. Needs love and humbleness in order to be able to be productive. Another thing actually, having things organized. The Lord told them, make them sit in groups of 50. Then they start to sit in groups of 50, and the Lord distributed. We have a problem in our churches in general, what we call it, sense of entitlement. Some people, they feel they are entitled, they are above rules. When any church set any rule, you have some people, just as they want to be exempted from the rule. It gives them a sense of, you know, I am better than the other. I'm above the rules. Why you apply the rules for me? And this sense of entitlement actually make any order or any system struggling because people feel themselves above the rule. But the, can you imagine if some people, I don't know, are not going to sit in a group of 50. I'm going to Jesus. I'm going to take my food by myself. Why you are saying to us, sit in groups of 50? Who are you to, uh, to put us in these groups? Or start to fight, I don't want to be this group, just put me in the another group. Can, can you imagine how long uh, to solve all these problems? 
And this is many times what we face in our churches. Any order, any rule you want to actually, any system, you want to uh, enforce it, many people are against it, many people attack it, many people challenge it, many people they want to be above any rule or any system. But here, having order and people submit to the system and submit to the rules make everything go smooth. Uh, another point, the giving. As the Bible says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This lad gave all what he had, had five loaves and two fish. And maybe he was worried, that's my lunch. If I give it, uh, at the end, I'm not going to take anything. I have 20,000 person in front of me. But this person gave, trusting in the Lord, I'm sure after he heard the sermon of the Lord for these three days, uh, he was touched. That's why he gave without reluctance. He gave all what he had to the Lord. And that's why there was a blessing. The five loaves and two fish did not feed the multitude, but also <coughs> they were able to gather 12 baskets more. Another thing, actually, the generosity in giving. There is one word here uh, in the Gospel. Uh, he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. So the Lord was very generous. If some people, after they ate, they, uh, they took uh, their part and said, we need more, they give them more. So the generosity in giving also uh, give uh, blessing, bless the person. That's why you read, God loves a cheerful giver. When we give abundantly, God will bless us. But goes with this, actually, uh, contentment. I mean what by, by contentment? When the disciples collected the fragment, nobody told them, I, I want to keep that fragment to myself. I'm going to take my, my, the leftover to my house. So they ate, they were filled, but they left the fragment. So here we can see uh, a sense of contentment. Uh, some people, they are not content. They need more. Um, so uh, contentment also brings blessing to uh, the person. And the last point, uh, gathering the fragment. Uh, sometimes we don't pay attention to the leftover. Uh, leftover, not only I'm speaking about food, but I'm uh, speaking leftover in money, leftover in uh, time. So there are fragments here and there. If we pay attention to these little pieces here and there, actually, there is a blessing. The, 12, the fragments actually filled 12 baskets. So, these are some points we learn from the 
this miracle about the blessing of God. The presence of God, prayer, doing your part, the teamwork, having a system or a structure to follow, uh, giving and generosity in giving, contentment and gathering the fragment or gathering the leftover. If we start to apply these nine, nine points in our life, definitely will be blessed. Blessed by heavenly blessings and also by earthly blessings. May we ask the Lord today in the liturgy to grant us his blessing in our life, to us and to our children, so that not only we will be blessed, but also will be source of blessing to the whole world. As he told us, uh, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.